Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hello. This episode, we check in on relationships, the lover card of the tarot, priestessing, praying, and celebrating the ninth year of our podcast. Yay! I'm Julianne, an archetypal consultant and free-range priestess, and together with my co-host, Story Through Stone founder and teacher, Sundara, we invite you to celebrate with us. So go get some cake or some pie and join us in the fun. Hello, Sundara. Hello, Julianne. Happy anniversary. Thank you. You too. Can you believe it? Nine years. Nine years this month. Actually, it'll be nine years one week from today that we're recording, but who who's counting? I can't believe <laughs> like, it is mind boggling to me, honestly, um, on so many levels that, that we've had our podcast for nine years. Um, people, some people potentially have been listening to our crazy fools uh, for nine years. And um, in podcast years, we're like Methuselahs. <laughs> like, nine years is a, a long time because like everyone and their cousin has a podcast now. Yeah, it's great. I'm I'm excited. I'm baffled at the same time. And that's not necessarily bad. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And I'm, I'm, I'm picturing back to that time nine years ago when we would huddle in my closet in San Francisco. Um, I miss that closet. People in the closet uh, in San Francisco at the time. <laughs> and we were recording um, our very first podcasts and just, you know, we'd do our research on each tarot card um, we'd look at the archetypes and we would just deepen into conversation, uh, movie references, pop stories. culture. Yeah. And, um, uh, and that was a, that was a really fun period of time. And we, we stuck with it, uh, all through the major arcana and, uh, had, have had several phases since. So, I'm so happy it's still alive, um, and could be with us during this period of time, uh, which, you know, using the tarot, uh, referencing archetypes is, is more important than ever. So I'm so happy to be doing this with you. And um, thank you for keeping the fires alive. Likewise, ditto, for sure. I think there's definitely something to be said. So this, is, this episode is loosely, you know, around the lovers card of the tarot. Um, and I think we could also say a little bit of the chariot too, but the connection, right? The lovers, the connection between um, our, ourselves and our friendship, our connection with our audience um, over the years, and kind of like where we are at this point in time. It really, to me, is I think the lovers is a beautiful reflection point of, you know, what it's what it takes to continue to be in a relationship, right? difficulties will happen. There's, there's no, you know, there's a reason that in the wedding ceremonies that I do, and in most wedding ceremonies, there's always an acknowledgement that like, the road's gonna get rough. You're gonna, you know, you will go around a blind curve and run up against something difficult in your relationship. And that the cultivation of that relationship is 
an ongoing thing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't culminate in a wedding. Um, the wedding is in many ways the beginning of another step. And where we are in the world is there's beginnings and endings really being felt right now. Really, really being felt. But that's part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In fact, I, I think I um, remember a friend's who was very resistant to marriage for a long time. And, and one day he had this revelation, which was, you know, there is a beginning to every relationship and there's an end to every relationship. And sometimes that end is through breaking up. Sometimes that end is death. Um, but the, every relationship has its beginning, uh, and, end. um, and, and after that he felt free to <laughs> tie the knot and he's happily married now. Um, and I think it's it's also important to note that during this time while we're isolated, while we're quarantining many of us, that it's 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 a, a major time to focus on the union within. So noticing how things come together within yourself, how you are whole in and of yourself uh, with or without a partner. Uh, and, and I think that's uh, I, I think back to uh, um, the angry inch and uh, the. <laughs> Uh, the origin of love, this uh, story that uh, I think has some real roots actually in Greek mythology, but um, that we were all split apart from our our soulmate and all of this stuff. And I love I love that song and that story so much. But the the story of wholeness at the end of that movie is so special that um, he becomes she becomes whole in herself at the end. So fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> And that doesn't, I mean, it belies that, I don't know, you call it the thought, the myth, the stories that you will never be whole until you find your person. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I don't know, that's kind of a tragedy in and of itself that prevents a lot of the interior work or I don't even want to say work anymore, just, just the being with, I mean, some of it's work, that's for darn sure, you know, but that interior experience um, of bringing your whole self into a relationship is to me far more realistic and far more just sort of enjoyable and can help if, you know, if you want to be in a relationship that is lasting, all of that takes to go into it. If you go into it thinking, oh, this person's my other half, they make, you know, they complete me. You're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. <laughs> oh, I so. hate that phrase, other half. The rare time someone, poor, you know, sorry enough to use that phrase on me, really heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a sad thing. And and, and I, I find being in my relationship now that having a whole presence in my own process and work uh, each day is, is really the um, measure of success for how I'm able to show up for that relationship. I, I need to be connected to, uh, what, what makes my soul sing and feel whole in and of itself, um, to be able to join in ha true happiness, uh, with a partner. So, um, and how cool that, that you are someone who marries people. I'm just, I, I, I think I've always kind of wanted to do an interview show where I ask you about that and how you got into that and, um, how, how you approach that. I, I was wondering if you could share a few words about how you marry people. Are you springing this on me? <laughs> uh, I'm just springing this. On well, you. <laughs> it does have to do with the lover cards and, um, 
Okay, I'll try to do this without rambling. (laughs) We all know that's hard for me. So my first wedding was 20 some odd years ago in college. Um, I had friends who kind of sprung it on me. But again, this, I think, you know, in the gloaming now, when I look back, people know our archetypes better than we know them ourselves in some cases. And in mm-hmm. in most cases, you're always going to have one that you just can't see yourself and other people can see it like a, a blazing road sign. So, and that one, frankly, was the priestess archetype. Um, and so I had yeah. friends in, it was back when I lived in Boston, um, was in school or I'd just finished school and, you know, I was working at a cafe, being the cool chick, doing photography and stuff like that. And these young, sweet little hippie friends were like, Jules, you know, we're going to get married and it'll be in the woods. And I think that one wasn't even a legal wedding. I think they wanted a spiritual wedding. So I was like, I, 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 uh, sure, I would be, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they're like, that's okay. We trust you. And, um, you know, we literally took, there were like eight of us in a, um, I kid you not, a Volkswagen van. And we drove up to Vermont in this beautiful forest and we did the um, fasting of hands. And it was, it was just this beautiful hippy <laughs> gorgeous I don't even know if they're still together if they ever legally got married but it was really a lovely thing and I was so honored that they asked me um and then not too long after that I was asked by some other friends who were getting married a little older than me but so this happened that they're like well we want they wanted to be really egalitarian this is the early 90s so that was kind of new. Um, and so the the groom was Jewish and he had a reform rabbi and the bride was kind of not anything in particular, um, but she wanted to represent the feminine. So they asked mm-hmm. me to co-preside with the reform rabbi and he did all the legal stuff, but they wanted this egalitarian, very balanced masculine and feminine uh, service in this little chapel Um, and so I, I met with this lovely, hilarious rabbi and he and I kind of came up with some stuff. I had notes from the bride and it was lovely. I, you know, I kind of consider that my first real legal wedding, but, um, yeah, it just, it began then and is kind of woven in and out of my life ever since, um, friends and family would want to get married, um, you know, I, I didn't really hang out a shingle um, officially so much until San Francisco. And uh, I don't know if people remember in California, they had Proposition 8, which was actually trying to get rid of gay and lesbian marriage. Um, they were getting rid of marriage equality. And so, so many people just prior to that vote going through, which it did go through, go through unfortunately, it got repealed. But <laughs> everybody knows the story gay marriage can happen in California but right ahead of that a bunch of my friends wanted to get married and I'd already had you know my own spiritual practices but also some experience in you know the legal parts of it and so I have a priestesshood through you know universal light church the church of spiritual humanism which is far more legitimate I think than the little internet ones but so my priestesses of official bona fides kind of came um, here and there throughout all of it. But I just fell in love with the process. 
I fell in love with being there, standing up for people. Um, I already had the natural skills of being kind of an MC, you know, I got a little authority <laughs> so I can, I can help guide people and be kind. And, and, um, so yeah, massively in love with it and, and I've done it on and off for God, 20 some years. And then what, five years ago, moving to Maui, I attended a friend's wedding and went, Oh, this is a whole thing here. <laughs> Weddings are done here. I absolutely adore this work. Maybe I could actually do it more. And so, yeah, over the last four years and um, learning so much, I learn every time and was gifted so many beautiful ceremonies and um, rituals from the Hawaiian uh, family that I have there. And bringing that into it is really just leveled all of it up. Um yeah, yeah, everything came uh, together. Following you on Instagram and seeing the most beautiful wedding pictures I've ever seen. Um, on you know, getting married on the beach, uh, with the sand, with the the Hawaiian skies and <clears throat> lushness there. It's just, it's just extraordinary. Um, how special for for you to be a part of that. So absolutely, I miss it deeply. I miss it so much. There's really like again, if you're thinking about the lovers and the tarot and the the longing for something, it's longing for that life, but longing to have that in my life as a regular um, part because I Hawaii is such a deeply spiritual place. Um, I've worked, I've learned so much and been taught just how to really step into the priesthood there more than in any other place that like there's so much work that I have to do for myself to get, you know, I've been asked to level up basically spirit has asked me to level up like, okay, this is great. You've been doing this cute thing for a long time. Now you need to take another step into this next place. And mm. that, I didn't see that coming, but why would I, <laughs> I'm a fool. <laughs> so yeah, I I think this call for leveling up is is happening in so many places right now, and and deepening and steeping into wherever your natural environment is. Um, I I've I haven't felt this much aloha in my own town of Pacifica ever, and uh, it is it is happening here. It's really really extraordinary. Lots of um, synchronicity and exploration, and waking up to the community that is uh, beyond the human worlds um, has really, really opened up here. So uh, thank you for doing what you do, where you do it. <laughs> um, well, and to one day books. I'll be home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I, it's something that's, I have to do it here too. I mean, I'm currently still in Maryland, still trying to help out with family and my mom and all of that. I mean, that's a whole spiritual journey journey in and of itself. Yeah. It really is an initiation and unfucking comfortable. Um, there, I swore I'm going to have to mark this as explicit, but it really, yeah, there, those, <laughs> the idea of being a fancy dancy priestess is long gone out of my mind. There really is kind of like the shaman initiation through, um, through a really difficult, I can't even say really difficult. There aren't even words excruciating at times, but the grounding back into practice, the becoming present, the, um, you know, just self-care, all of that stuff. I mean, I self-care just sounds so like saccharine at this point, but just mm -hmm. really, um, 
I mean, I mean it. I understand self-care. I'm not making fun of self-care. So nobody get upset. What I'm saying is when the shit hits the fan stuff, I mean, it gets even more real. There's no like fucking bubble bath that is going to calm the difficulties in my life. I got to go deeper. I got to go farther. Um, reach, reach more out. Um, all of those things. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, again, if I'd seen it coming, I probably would have run the other direction, but here I am. <laughs> and this is why we don't use the tarot for fortune telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe that <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, we, we're going to have, um, we have a, we have a specific sponsor for the show and we're going to take a quick break to have more about our sponsor, but our sponsor is a tarot reader. And I'm going to ask her that kind of question too. I think I've, I think we've talked about it before, but that idea of if you are using tarot or any of these things as divination, you can't make the assumption that you are going to get the straight dope the way you think you want it. I firmly believe it is being given to you through that person with the caveats of this is the shit that you can handle. Um, and that everything changes, you know, we're, we're in this gigantic Plinko machine of actions and reactions and changes. And, you know, so much could change that there's no, like, there are very few, I'll put it this way. And it's my own personal pet theory. There are very few things that are absolutely like, this is going to happen no matter what, but those are few in most lives that they're like mm -hmm. a, They've been planted in the road and no matter what you will go through this or work with this, those thresholds can change, right? But there's certain thresholds that are, that are the no matter what in, in specificity. So mm -hmm. what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> divination. I, I like the word divine in divination. I, I feel like it's this amazing connection that you can have with, whatever divinity looks like to you. And, and the very nature of that is going to unveil and reveal things you hadn't seen before in your life. And that, that may have um, futuristic possibilities, but I, I think it's, it's, it's mostly this deep, deep connection um, to yourself, to those around you that you just haven't taken the time to, to look at. <laughs> It's that part of our show where we let you know about our amazing sponsor. And this episode is sponsored by our friend and kick-ass woman of tarot, Melissa Sanova. Melissa is an award-winning author and tarot reader from St. Louis, Missouri. Her latest book, Kitchen Table Magic, is out September 8th. So go pre-order it. Or if you're listening to this after September 8th, just go buy it. And check out her website, melissasanova.com, and follow her on the socials for authentic, wise, and big-hearted goodness. You can thank us later. And we have to thank you, Miss Melissa Sanova. You rock. Uh, so let's, let's shift slightly in our discussion to these portals. So um, through the lens of the lover's card, uh, what do we use as portals to appreciate the beauty and the love that's around us in ourselves and in the world? Um, for me, this summer has been a, a really 
deep reckoning with the story through stone cards. Many of our audience members know um, I'm the creator of the deck that features pictures of billion year old stones uh, that have naturally occurring imagery. My father found these back in the 1970s in the Mojave Desert. Uh, and I've been uh, usually I am traveling about, I was actually going to go to Hawaii this summer, but it's all, everything, um, of course, was canceled. And, um, but it's been the most miraculous summer because each one of these cards has become a portal into uh, opening my eyes and, and seeing the connections all around me. And there's been synchronistic connections. There's been uh, research into mythology uh, and the day that that sense of timelessness and eternity uh, can happen when you're really focusing on things that you love. And I know that you've been doing that too, Julianne, uh, keep, keeping an eye once again on your Instagram. Uh, you've been posting these gorgeous pictures uh, of exploring beauty and the elements. Um, do you want to talk a little about your project there that you're just a wrapping? little. And you know what? I will invite people because with each image comes a poem or a quote or a koan. So um, part of a discussion that you and I had a couple podcasts ago about beauty and doing a beauty journal, well, I kind of took from that because things are so crappy and I'm not able to do the weddings like I was for a while. You know, everyone's, everyone's been, you know, put in a corner or told to sit and stay. So part of sitting and staying is how, how do I view beauty? I want to, I'm part of something that I, I adore doing and I'm pretty darn good at because I'm a graphic designer or I don't know what came first. Do that work, artistry work is curating an image um, and a thought or an idea. And to me, a beautiful idea is frequently poetry or a song lyric. And Instagram was a weird place to do it, albeit because most people don't read the comment or they, they don't read <laughs> the, the words. But um, that's fine. I kind of knew that going into it. But if you go to starting about a little a month ago, um, you can even just search hashtag seeing beauty. But if you go back on Instagram as well as on my um Facebook page for my reverend work. Um, I Every day I did an image and a poem or a quote. And I did, I decided to do it with elements. So I started with water and then I moved into air and I have about six for each element. There's about six different posts and I did them one a day. And so I invite people to go, please take a peek at the poem that's posted with <laughs> the image. Um, there is sometimes a little cheeky joke in, you know, there's, there's a relationship between the poem, the words that I chose to go with the image and it was really, really fun to go through the elements through, you know, six six different sort of uh, water type images with emotional type poetry and then move it into air and the air is the intellect. And then, um, you know, earth, the same thing, um, fire. Um, so I, I had that kind of little adventure. adventure. Um, not too many people are reading the poems, but the people who have were like, wow, that was a really... Like something happened there and I was like, that was a ancillary intent, I guess, that I might have had is, is the relationship of the image in, um, with, with the words. I mean, I even quoted George Carlin in one of them. So it's not just like Ponzi poetry. None of it's Ponzi. Um, 
some of it's just classic Mary Oliver or um, Shane Koizan, some other people I really love. So uh, that was mine. I needed to give myself a month of at least once a day concentrating and focusing on beauty. And so, yeah, check it out on my Instagram at Rev Julien um, on Instagram. Mm, thank you so much for sharing these. Just gorgeous. Thanks. And most of them are not my photographs. I did call from um, some of the websites that have free photography and I always credited um, where I was able to find it. I would credit the photographer. Only a few of them are mine. Um, you'd get the same picture every day pretty much if I had to post my own photos. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, love and beauty. Um, there's so much to learn right now. There's so much that I feel like I'm being taught and something that I'm welcomed. Um, you say that you're, you're working with the stones again and it's happening at a new level and just everything's your it's a portal right so i am not going to go into it a ton because i really would like to dedicate it a, an entire show to it but a portal for me is um back into praying actual prayer praying <laughs> and um i was made aware of this book called the way of the rose through um our our patron and amazing, amazing human being, Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. And she'd heard about the Way of the Rose through another Instagrammer. And um, so Instagram can't bring good things to us. And mm -hmm. um, I, saw the, I saw the book and I was like, wait, feminists are praying the rosary? <laughs> the fuck is that um i am a i'm a i was i was raised catholic and i was very dedicated to the blessed mother and i always have you know i never left that but reading this book um and beginning to actually like i actually was like oh my god i'm praying the rosary uh wait a minute this is weird um it it's, I, I don't have word for it yet, which is, which is why another reason where I'm not going to really go too deeply into it. But um, if people are interested, it's the book is called The Way of the Rose, The Radical Path of the Divine Feminine Hidden in the Rosary. And it's written by a husband and wife who were not Catholic. They're actually or have been Zen Buddhists. But um, that is a portal. There is so much there. The rosary itself, the set of beads, you know, creates a portal. And it's the weirdest thing to go so far away from my, the religion I was indoctrinated into, and I use those words specifically, to come back around and be held by the divine feminine in the same way that I was as a child, but outside the church. Um, that's the best way I can put it. But that's definitely a portal and I'm uh, I'm still learning how to learning my way around it. But I will I will say that when you pray pray with other people, it is a really different experience in a good way. Um, and so yeah, I look forward to having a podcast maybe in October, which is a big month for the Blessed Mother, um, to go a little bit more deeply into it. But um, and that's a portal. We'll have some handmade um, rosaries made for. <laughs> I for will. some of our audience members, uh, yeah. who might like, I, yeah. I just saw she made a really cute one that looks like candy. Um, <laughs> she's made me a very, very sweet um, 
uh, blue and white uh, owl rosary that she's going to send to me. I'm very felt very honored and excited to receive this gift from from Julie N. Uh, and and I know that it is marked by uh, the divine because uh, at, as she was sending me the picture of the rosary, I, I did not have my phone on me. I went for a walk and saw. Uh, 18 nuns walking down my favorite path, which I've never seen before, <laughs> down by the ocean in blue and white. Uh, and I was like, this is so surreal. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back and there, this picture of her beautiful rosary was uh, in my text chain. And I thought, well, this must be meant to be. <laughs> yeah. And then I asked you, it's like for, I've, I've known you how many years now, like at least a decade there's something. And I asked you what your middle name was and you told me and I went, <laughs> oh, this is perfect. So I'm doing, um, I can't get them in the mail yet because I want to do a specific blessing of the rosaries. Um, and I do them with people's birth names, not their last name, which is kind of a patriarchal sort of thing, but your first and your middle name, which I think are, you know, they stay with us, whether we want them or not, um, they, they, they stay with us. So once I have um, gotten that blessing done, I'll be mailing them out. And yeah, now pff, making rosaries. Oh my God, that's prayer in itself. It's beautiful. So it's expensive. So that's why I need to sell a few to pay for my habit. <laughs> I'm addicted. Um, but yeah, I think, I hope that our listeners, you know, this is our nine year anniversary. I hope that um, the portals that you and I kind of go through together with the podcast, we hope that their journeys are, are blessed by that or accompanied and that they're getting something out of it. That is my hope. I, you and I could just meet once a month and talk on the phone like this, but um, we record them and produce them and put them out. And I, you know, from my heart, I hope that the journeys that you and I are taking, the portals that we are ourselves and observing in the world, we, I truly hope it's helpful. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we love your your feedback and ideas as always. Um, and we'll just be continuing and uh, sharing our, our work that we're doing on the side as well. Um, I've started a new blog on uh, your tango, and the, the latest article that I've written is about um, building intimacy with nature. So I've just emerged from a, a fabulous re online retreat uh, with uh, Abby of Abbess of the Arts, uh, and th this was a really wonderful seven-week uh, retreat based around uh Christine Valter's painter's book, Earth, the Original Monastery. Mm. Uh, I just absolutely loved it. Uh, it's a real uh, return back to the source of, of nature and, and uh, being in relationship with it and uh, bringing in with you your ideas, your, your relationship to the sacred in your being here, in being in your natural environment, whether that's just uh, your backyard, uh, weed growing through the concrete cracks, uh, uh, however that is, you're able to access it. Um, it's just, uh, it was a really profound experience. So um, my own article just kind of offers some tools that um, and portals that have been useful for me through this time about getting curious, finding out who who lived, who were the original inhabitants of where you are living now, um, mm. finding out how they lived on the land and um, if they still do, that many, many natives still live in the lands. 
um, that that everyone is inhabiting. So check that out. Uh, bring bring out your tools, fun tools that could be um, uh, binoculars, journals. Uh, get curious about all the plant. I just realized how much of an alien I've been walking around um, on the land and uh, being able to learn what the plants and the animals are and what they're doing and how they're all interacting and, and webbed together uh, can be a huge invitation to, to uh, and portal to nature. Uh, so that's just a, a, a little summary of uh, those portals there. We'll, we'll provide that uh, link to the article in the podcast page um but yeah we we've really enjoyed doing this the past nine years and so excited to see where we'll go next looks like we're going down the rosary chain for a little while worshiping the goddess uh through that practice well, and- yeah connecting with the goddess <laughs> yeah i don't know i've always felt like weird with the word worship but i think mm-hmm. remembering that she's always holding us and mm-hmm. um our own acknowledgement of she's there for us um, the word radical go- means to go down to the roots. And I think that is like the best way to put it is to go back down to our, to our roots and understand that. Um, be- I think for most of us anyway, the, the, the deity has always been masculine or, or the, the feminine's been subjugated to the masculine and, you know, that's still, that's still true for the church. But, um, yeah, I look forward to having more conversations uh, more deeply into that and how that on also relates to, you know, the old ways. And, um, I know our friends who are pagan and Wiccan and they have, um, they work with the old ways. There seems to be that we're all being asked to, you know, um, remember the things that have been put away when industry and empire, start trying to pave over all of it. You know, we're all those blades of grass and weeds growing up through the concrete and that concrete is the industrialization of us. And that's why we think we're so unhappy. So through the next couple, through the end of the year, another conversation about the rosary is going to happen next month. We're going to be talking with um, our favorite witch, uh, Melissa Sanova, who's also the sponsor of this podcast. Thank her. Um, talking with her. And then um, in November, we'll be talking with my friend, um, Nani, who is a practitioner of a specific kind of Hawaiian energetic healing. And she's going to share with us more about um, aloha and the deeper meanings of aloha, which um when I kind of asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast, I told her what our last podcast was about, Neowise, and she's all, oh, yeah, new wisdom, but really, it's just really old wisdom. And I went, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. It's new to us, but yeah, no, good point. Yeah, it's all old. So everything old is new again. Um, but I think, yeah, we're all individually brought to it in different ways. And definitely connecting and remembering our wildness. There's so much there. So if you thought the podcast was going away, and I did for many years, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not for yeah. a minute. I think if there's one thing it's proven to us is that it has a life of its own, and it's uh, it's going to decide. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, we're just the stewards um, doing our best. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I. I um, have a great time with your next guests. Um, I'll, I'll be in and out of the podcast, 
Um, but I, I love this podcast. I love you, Julian. Um, and I love our, our audience who, who has shown up a hundred thousand plus downloads um, at this point. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Yeah, me neither. I, I, you know, I, after the count of three, I kind of start to get math, uh, locked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, well, you know what I just realized too, and this is, I think a great way to end the show. Um, we're, we ha- we're celebrating our nine year anniversary. We need cake. Where's my cake? I just realized this is an opportunity to have cake. I'm going to have to do something about that. Let's, let's, I will Google local bakeries in your area and my area and we get cake. How's that? I'm, I'm more of a pie person. If you okay, can find, pie. Pie, I'm, I'm like the fresh, I love the fresh fruit and the crust thing. That's okay. my favorite thing. Okay. I'm more of a cake person. See, this is why we work well together. If we had a cake and a pie, there'd be no fighting over it. I was like, y'all can have the pie. I mean, pie's fine. I'm not anti-pie. I'm not. But give me some cake. Give me some cake with some whipped cream frosting. We both agree that they both taste good with ice cream. Are we right on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot go wrong with a la mode. This is a sweet, sweet marriage, I must say. Enjoy our sweet lesson. All right. All right. With that, have um have a very safe and healthy fall. Uh, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's it's tough times. Uh, send your prayers to California, uh, mm. to our the fires we're having here. Um, the air, the animals, the homes, um, and uh, health and wellness to as many people as possible through the time of Corona. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for showing up. Love you. Likewise. Aloha. Thanks for listening and a huge Mahalo Nui Loa. Big thanks to this episode's sponsor, Tarot Card Slinger, author and kick-ass human being, Melissa Sanova. For all the things, visit her website, melissasanova.com. And that's Melissa, you know, spelled the usual way, and C-Y-N-O-V-A.com. And we know you could have done something else with the last 37-ish minutes of your life, but we're so glad that you spent it with us. Check out our show notes for links and resources. And as always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Tarot Podcast. You want to email us? shoot us a note at tarotpodcast at gmail.com. And last, but very much not least, big thanks to our patrons, Peter, Kat, Richard, Juniper, and Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. We appreciate their friendship and their support every single day. This podcast is produced by Both And Media, and the theme music is by The Lunar Group. 